the Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutton. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. This is Joe DiMaggio. I don't mind telling you I'd rather face bases loaded and two men out than this microphone. But it's important for me to talk about what we must do in the fight against cancer. This disease is a pretty terrible business, and it's going to strike one in five of us. That's what the American Cancer Society says. I know it took the life of the great Babe Ruth, not to mention men and women from every other walk of life. The American Cancer Society says cancer can strike anyone. Okay, then it's up to all of us to strike back. It's up to you and me to support the research and education and service programs of the American Cancer Society. We've got to keep this fight going strong until cancer is finally controlled. I don't think I'm wrong when I call this disease man's cruelest enemy. Give generously to the American Cancer Society. Make a contribution today to cancer. Carry a local post office. Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista got a curt order from the city yesterday to get that dead oak tree out of his front yard before it fell on somebody's head. So get a load of the old woodcutter giving the oak the axe. How's it coming, McGee? Ooh, rough. This is real tough timber, Tootsie. Whoever classified oak as hardwood must have had this tree in mind. It'll make a mighty nice pile of firewood for us, though. We'll get a lot of pleasure out of this wood next winter. The only pleasure I want out of it right now is just to see this tall timber topple. <laughs> Sit down on the steps a while and watch an old woodman work. I'd better catch the second show, dearie. The groceries just came and I want to get lunch started. Be careful with the axe now, sweetheart. Okay, I'll watch it. decided to go out and see the world. You know, like kids always do. Whether they're free kids or just plain people kids. 
So they packed the clothes and they kissed their mama goodbye and they went down the highway and hopped on an eastbound collie. Margaret's a collie, Mr. McGee. Oh. My dog Margaret, he's a collie, I betcha. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Partly. Anyhow, the three little fleas went to New York. And the first thing you know, they had themselves jobs in a flea circus. Oh, boy. Yeah, and they done real well, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hoppy was a, was a very clever juggler. And Jumpy did a tightrope act. And Fidgety was their business manager. Oh, and them kids, they just raked in the money. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of other people, the three little fleas, they just couldn't stand prosperity. Uh-huh. They started throwing their money around, you know, smoking dollar cigars and hanging around nightclubs and staying out all night and... You know, acting like regular Broadway play fleas. Oh, gee. That's bad, huh, mister? Oh, you betcha. Because with all this nightlife, they didn't get enough sleep, you see. And the first thing you know, Hoppy and Jumpy and Fidgety started showing up for work with bags under their eyes as big as pinpoints. Oh? Flea bags, huh? Um, uh, yeah. And then, of course, it affected their health, too. Hoppy started to get kind of jumpy, and Jumpy began to get fidgety, and poor little Fidgety got ulcers. Oh. So in no time at all, they got fired from their jobs. And they were broke and hungry. So they got out on the highway and they hitched a ride back home. Oh, goody. Good for them. Who gave them a lift, Mr. McGee? Who did? Well, sir, a kind-hearted great dame came along and picked up the three little fleas and gave them a ride all the way home. And when they got there, who was out waiting at the gate but their mother? What'd she say to him, Mr. McGee? Did she scold him? What'd she say? Well, I... I kind of hate to repeat what their mother said when she saw them, Teeny. Tell me, mister. Go on, tell me. What'd she say to the three little fleas? Well, sir, she took one look at him riding down the road on this big dog, you see. And she said, well, great Dane in the morning, it's the kids. <laughs> Come in, boys. You're just in time for chow. Corny little flea, wasn't she? Yeah, but sweet. You know the moral to that story, sis? Sure, I do, I betcha. What is it? The moral is, if you let success go to your head, you'll have to go back home again and start from scratch. <laughs> Bye, mister. Hmm. I still think that kid's a midget. <laughs> The Vista in a minute. If you're an average driver, you must have plenty of gripes about other drivers. One such gripe might be about drivers who insist on crossing intersections when they know they won't be able to get all the way across before the light changes. Because of jammed cars up ahead, these drivers are often left in the middle of the intersection, blocking cross traffic. When you're driving, be sure you can get safely across an intersection before starting, whether you have the light in your favor or not. Don't be an irresponsible driver. Assume your obligation as a motorist to other motorists and help eliminate driving habits that lead to inconvenience and even tragedy. A careful driver will also make periodic checks of brakes, headlights, rear and stop lights, tires, wheel alignment, exhaust system and muffler, windshield wipers, all glass, the horn, and the rearview mirror. That's quite a list. But ignoring any one of these safety features can mean a serious accident. When driving, be sure you can see, steer, and stop safely. And a safe driver knows and obeys all traffic laws. McGee? Huh? There's something I don't understand. What is it? Why don't you keep chopping in the same place all the time? 
That tree looks like it's been chewed by a cross-eyed beaver. It's easy to see you don't know much about lumberjacking, my dear. That I will admit. Look, where do you suppose this tree is going to fall when it falls? Well, I hadn't really thought much about it, but just for a quick guess, I'd say on the ground. Uh Aha, but where on the ground? If it falls to the north, it'll it'll knock the front porch off. South, it'll fall in the street and block traffic. So, I got to make it fall straight down the center of our driveway. Oh, my. Well, how on earth can you make it do that? That is the trick. That's where skill and the old know-how comes in, kiddo. You see, you got to make a deep cut into the trunk first, like here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then right above it on the other side, you make a shallower cut. You see, that way the tree falls to one side, see? Are you sure you don't make a deep cut above and a shallower cut below? No, no, I, I don't think so. As I recall, the deep cut goes below. Oh, sure it does. You watched it. You, you, you see. Okay. But I'm still a little doubtful about your ability to lay this tree down the center of our driveway. What do you mean, doubtful? You lay a peanut on that driveway and I'll crack it with four tons of old trees. Oh, I'll drop this trunk like a nervous red cap. My gosh, if I can, where are you going? I'm going to move my good china out of the cupboard. <laughs> if that tree ever hits this house, we'll be eating out of paper plates. Oh. <laughs> Better take it a little easy, McGee. That tree looks pretty wobbly to me now. Yeah. My calculations are right, and I'm pretty sure they are. What are you going to bring her down, Johnny? Come on, hit her another lick. Hi, daughter. You still around here, Mr. Oldtimer? Hey, why don't you go back to work? My gosh, you delivered our groceries three hours ago. What'd you come back for? Forget something? Nope. I ain't left yet. The next door attending with that Nelson boy. Oh? We've been watching Johnny here out the window, daughter. <laughs> he picks up that axe like it had a cactus handle. Oh, yeah? Well, a fine couple of friends you guys are. Why didn't you and Les come over and give me a hand with this dad ratted thing if all you got to do is sit there and spy on me? Oh, we couldn't do that, son. It wouldn't be ethical. Ethical? Why not? Well, you see, daughter, we got a bet on. Me and Lester. Fifty cents. Yeah? Lass is betting the tree falls across the power lines, and my half a dollar says it's going to knock your front porch off and go through the living room window. Huh? Don't be silly. It ain't going to do any such a thing. Bring it on, Johnny. Let's see who wins. It's about ready to go. Well, for your information, wise guy, neither one of you is going to win. I plan to drop this tree right down the middle of our driveway, and I can do it, too. Only one thing I'm not sure about. What's that, son? Well, look. When you want a tree to fall a certain way... Do you make a big cut under a small cut or a small cut under a big cut on what side? McGee, that tree looks awfully nervous. You better keep your eye on it. That was that question again, Johnny. I said... Look out, it's going over. Get the door, kids. Look out. Timber! Which way did she go? McGee! McGee, you did it. Huh? (laughs) Felt like you said it would right down the driveway. Well, Natch, I told you all along I could do it. Oh, Am I relieved? Son, I congratulate you. Mighty fine work. Thank you. I better get back to the truck, I guess. Deliver the rest of my grocery route. Where is your truck? Right where I left it when I come in, daughter. Parked in your driveway and... Driveway? Oh, no. What? You mean... Heavenly day. Oh, the boss ain't gonna like this, kids. No. <laughs> Bibber and Molly will be right back. Hello there, I'm Jay Stewart, your MC on It Pays to Be Married on NBC every weekday afternoon. On It Pays to Be Married, I interview real-life people like yourselves who tell us the stories of the problems in their married lives and how they solve them. Once in a while, we interview show business couples from Hollywood. Just a few weeks ago, we had a wonderful visit with Phil Harris and Alice Faye. 
who told us the problems of both husband and wife being in show business. Just a while back, Danny Thomas told a wonderful story of how his wife stood behind him during the early struggles in show business. A couple from Amarillo, Texas, told how through a misunderstanding, they separated and were almost divorced. Their three-year-old daughter began losing her sight, and the need of the love of both parents at this critical time brought them together again. However, not all of our stories on a face to be married are serious. Some are humorous, some are wacky, and some are unusual. So join us each weekday afternoon on NBC, won't you? For laughs and tears and just plain good entertainment on It Pays to be Married. Well, I'm glad the grocery truck wasn't hurt anyhow. No, I just scratched the tailgate a little. That tree sure got it trapped in there, though. Well, how's the old-timer going to get it out? Very simple. I explained it to him. All he's got to do is chop that tree into firewood and clear the driveway. No. Yep. <laughs> He's hard at Oh, it. dear. Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Feather McGee and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson of the Old Timer. This is John Wald reminding you to tune in again next Monday night when buying a pair of shoes for Mr. McGee occupies the day for Fibber McGee and Molly. Follow the Senate committee hearings tonight on the NBC radio network.